0: Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breadth of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Verse 22, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Chapter 7, verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened. And the rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. This is the word of the Lord.
1: You may be seated. In 1960, America was introduced. Now this happened through a comic book series, but we were introduced to the Justice League. Now, comic book nerds all know that it was in the 1930s that we met Superman, but it wasn't until the 60s that the Justice League was formed. And here we do have Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and, and The Flash and Aquaman, and I'm sure I'm leaving some out. And then three short years later, 1963, we were introduced to the Avengers. Captain America, the Hulk, Spider-Man, and more and here we are in 2023 and we are still obsessed with the justice league and the avengers how do i know how do i know this because there was a movie that came out recently an avengers movie and that movie made 2.8 billion with a b dollars b- billion we are obsessed with this, in 2009, Disney bought Marvel Comics for $4 billion. This stuff captures our minds. Why? I would say because there's something in us that loves it when bad guys get what's coming. There's something in us that loves We love to see the bad guys stopped. There is something in us that loves to see justice and actually loves to see righteous judgment. So why then do we cringe at the judgment and justice of the creator of the universe? Why is it so uncomfortable when the when a Christian preacher or teacher starts talking about the judgment of God? Because it is uncomfortable. Some of y'all invited somebody today and you're like, "Oh, dang it. This is the they're here. That's true. Now listen, I have really good news today, I do, but we have to see the bad news. And it's really only uh, with the backdrop of the bad news that we see how beautiful that the good news is. So, So let me just pray, God, we ask that you would move in this place and we would ask that you open our eyes and show us awesome things from your word. May we see you, see your character be drawn to you today. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So last week I did introduce Noah. Right And listen, even if you weren't raised in church, you, you've seen the pictures of Noah. And you, you, when you hear Noah, you go to Noah and the ark, and then Noah and the ark then takes you to the flood. So you think of Noah, you think of the ark, you think of the flood. Well, you think of the flood, you have to see it as God's judgment. This is a storm. This is a flood. But today, or really at any time, the, the flood of Noah is not the time to start talking about the storms of life. And that God will get us through the storms of life. That really isn't the case here. This is indeed a story about the judgment of God. So so right out of the gate, let's all recognize this story of Noah and the ark and the flood. It is not a cute kid's story with fluffy animals. This is brutal. It's actually really dark. There are three truths that I want us to walk out of here today today knowing and that is this here's the first one and it's a a longer one but God is the divine judge whose judgment came and whose judgment will come again the second thing God will not let this go on forever and that sounds really bad and it is and that's really dark it is But the third one is this, God offers a way through his judgment. So by way of review, you get into chapter 6, and we talked about it last week, like, man, things were bad, things were evil. Evil had multiplied on the face of the land, right? The sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. This is chapter six, verse four. And it says the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of man came into the daughters, or the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Now we could go some crazy directions with this passage. We're not going to do that. And there are like 10 of you in here are like, oh, that's, that's what I came to church for today. To talk about the Nephilim. I actually want us to see something else today. And I think God would have us see this. There are two words I want to bring to your attention. And as we read it, they probably slipped by you. But when we really hone in and focus in on them, you're going to go, oh, oh, that's familiar. See, things were so evil on The earth and God's heart was grieved. What was happening? The sons of God, verse 2 says this, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive and they took any that they chose. They saw and they took. You say, wait a minute, that sounds like what their mom and dad did when they were standing at the tree. Oh yeah. And what their mom and dad did with the fruit they saw and they took, now people are doing with people. These aren't dudes asking girls out on dates. They are seeing them and they are taking them and whatever's in your mind right now, that's right, you're right. That's what's going on here. Um, Now, here's what's going to be hard to hear. You know what the human condition is? We see and we take. So I have a 12-year-old. He is as big as me, okay? And I'm insecure about that, so let's not talk about that afterwards. I'm just trying to tell you a story here, okay? He's as big as me. And they're about five days a week. Anywhere from five to seven days a week that I look at him and I'm like, dude, that is mine. Like you're wearing my socks. Okay, that's my hoodie. And he's just wearing it. Because you know what he does? He sees and he takes. It's just in him. It's the human condition. Now listen, but it's darker than that. See, without a doubt, there's somebody in here who, last night, you you, you saw your girlfriend and you took something from her. See how dark it gets and how fast? That's what we do. Say well, okay, Brad, yeah, that's, okay, sin, right? No, no, what was so bad? Like, I I hear it, it like, but God's grieving, and you're you're talking about wiping people off the planet, like, what is going on there? Yes, what was so bad about the seeing and the taking? And we see more as we look on down in chapter 6 and verse 11, it says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence, and God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted the way on earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh for the earth is filled with violence through him, through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So do you see the theme in that passage? Here's what was so bad about the seeing and the taking. It was corrupt and it was violent and God had had enough. He says, I will destroy them with the earth. And I already know where your minds are going because it's all of us. You're thinking, I don't like that. That doesn't sound very loving. But, but, but Brad, God is love. And this... See, in our culture, people feel like God should never judge but i'll just ask you this question is corruption and violence okay okay I'll, i'm good with head nods just something okay is corruption and violence okay is corruption and violence good okay is corruption and violence bad who says You? Who decides what's good and bad? And who says, well, that's corrupt, that isn't, that's violent, that isn't? Well, the answer is the divine judge gets to say that. God gets to say that. So yes, he he does get to judge. Miroslav Volf. He's a man that was born in Croatia. He was raised in communist Yugoslavia. He lived through oppression. He lived through genocides. He lived through things that you and I could never imagine. And he wrote this book. The title of it is Exclusion and Embrace. And and this isn't how he, he, this is not a direct quote because he's way more brilliant than what I'm getting ready to say, but you'll get the idea, okay? The only way that you can conclude that God doesn't and shouldn't judge is if you have lived a sheltered life and never experienced true injustice. He actually, I think, says something about, you must, you, must have grown on, you must have grown up in the suburbs. Something like that. There's no way. You can't reasonably say that God shouldn't judge. It's unreasonable. And listen, as Christians, we should grieve over corruption and violence. And we should help where we can help. And when we see corruption and violence, we should pray about it, no doubt about it. But Wolf goes on to say like like the only way that you can keep your sanity when it comes to all the corruption and violence in the world around us, the only way you keep your sanity is to know that there is a God that will one day stop it. Wouldn't it be so hopeless if it's like, no, this is just how it is. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Is it still violent and corrupt on the planet today? Yeah. I'll take head nods. Okay. One philosopher says this, violence thrives today, secretly nourished by the belief that God refuses to take up the sword. Oh, he will take up the sword again. We'll get to it. But I want to bring our attention. There's something else we need to notice in the passage that I just read to you. God says the earth is corrupt. The earth is corrupt. He saw that it was corrupt. The flesh had corrupted their way on earth. And then he goes on to say, behold, I will destroy them with the earth. The Hebrew word there in verse 11, 12, and 13, the Hebrew word for corrupt and for destroy is the exact same word. So in other words, God is saying, listen, these people are corrupting themselves. I will corrupt them. Or he's saying they are, they are self-destructive. They are destroying themselves. I will destroy them. I can, I'm not going to take this anymore. And what we need to see in this story of Noah is that God always brings justice. God always deals with the corruption and the violence because he is the divine judge what takes us to our second point don't miss it God will not let this go on forever so what do we we see in this story is that he he takes care of this corruption and violence with a flood and he goes to Noah and he has Noah build a really really big boat this is righteous Noah this is faithful Noah you are going to build this boat and Noah obeys all that God said He built it. He gets the animals inside of it. He gets inside of it. Chapter 7, verse 16 said, And the Lord shut him in. And I just want our attention to know this, to go to that verse and realize, okay, when that verse says the Lord shut him in, we know this right now. Noah's in pretty good shape. He's going to be okay. Because it's the Lord that shut him in. And then, of course, we know the waters came and that judgment comes. And, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But one thing I want to bring our attention to before we do that is is this. That I already brought our attention. Listen, God, are, are we, the human condition is we see and we take. We see and we take. God sees and he gives. And I don't know. That's like, okay, you're scratching your head. You're like, dude, he's getting ready to wipe everything off of the planet. Yes, but you got to stay with me. we got to go back up. Let's go back to last week, okay? So if you weren't here, you're going to have to listen to the podcast. I brought up a guy named Enoch, right? And Enoch, we read about him in the New Testament. Now, he was, he was in Genesis, right? He's the guy that didn't die. But then we went to the New Testament. We found out that he was a preacher. He proclaimed and you can read about him in Jude, verse 14. He proclaimed that judgment was coming on the ungodliness. And, all, and you see the word that was in that passage. It was just ungodly and the ungodliness, and, and it was horrible. And Enoch is like, God is going to judge it. Well, then Enoch had a son, and his son's name was Methuselah. And back then, men of God named their kids what God told them to name their kids. He named his kid Methuselah. And the name Methuselah means when he dies, it comes. That's what Methuselah means. So Enoch is saying judgment of God's coming, the judgment of God's coming, the judgment of God's coming. And when he dies, it will come. And you can read in Genesis that he, Methuselah, lived 969 years. Don't miss it, Hill City. God is so good. And he is so patient. And he's in charge of everything. And when he sees, he gives. And in this case, what does he give? Chance after chance after chance. Chance. For 969 years to repent. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God is loving and he shows his love through his patience. But God is loving, and he, that means this. Mom and Dad, don't miss this. God is loving. That means when he says he's going to do something, he does it. That's what loving people do. And he said, I want to bring a flood on the earth. Go back to Genesis 1. And God said it, and it was so. So here we are. God said it would happen. And in the 600th year of Noah, in the second month, on the seventh day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of heavens, of the heavens was, were opened. God said it would happen, and it did. But listen, don't miss this. From the time that God said he was going to do it to the time that he did it, 100 years. Okay, do you think people thought Noah was out of his mind? Like it had never rained before, ever. And here Noah is building a big boat with no water anywhere close. And people thought he was crazy. Why do I tell you that? Because people haven't changed even since then to now. Noah Did all the things that God told him to do, and people thought he was crazy. And you are going to do what God tells you to do, and people are going to say, you're crazy. See, some of you are going to transfer from Missouri State, and you're a freshman. You're like, no, I just got here. I know. And we're going to plant a church at another major university. And you're going to transfer to go to that major university to help with the church plant. And your mom and dad and your grandma and grandpa and all your friends and your, 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 your frat brothers and sorority sisters are going to go, you're crazy. And you're going to go, I'm obeying God. Oh, some of you are going to get different jobs in a, in a city that you had... No plans of moving to you're gonna sell your house, you're gonna move to another city to help a church plant that we're gonna we're gonna do from this church, and all of your peers and grandma and grandpa and all of them are gonna be like, you're crazy. Don't you know what interest rates are? You're crazy, and you're just gonna be like, I know, as you hammer the for sale sign in your yard. Because when you obey God, people think you're crazy. Oh, that's crazy, Noah, and what he's got going on. Over there. I don't know what he's building. Hey, he's not all there. I mean, for 99 years this dude's been doing this stuff. Hey, that I mean, I mean, that's that's Noah. Like, he's lost his mind. Drip. 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 100 years later. Because when God says He's going to do something, He does it. Now, listen, this, isn't, this is the part you don't read in the Jesus storybook Bible, okay? Everything was destroyed. Every bear, every zebra, every lion, tiger, Every person that wasn't on the ark was crushed by the waters of God's judgment. Can you imagine? God is the divine judge whose judgment came. He said it was going to. For 40 days, for 40 nights, it rained, and then after it rained, I mean, the waters prevailed on the earth. It says in chapter 7, verse 24, the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. So you have Noah and his family. They're just floating on the ark. Now, just a little Bible trivia for you. From the time Noah got into the ark, from the time that God uh, let him get off of the ark, was about a year. A little bit over a year, some, some uh, scholars say. Like, he was on this boat a long time. It wasn't just like a month, I'm going to hang out on a cruise, okay? This is, he is on there for a long time. And then we see this hinge verse in this narrative in chapter 8, verse 1. And it says this. So here Noah is. The, flood, the floods came, the waters were prevailing, and, and Noah's floating. And it said, but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. It's like, wait a minute, did God forgot about him? Like he just kind of, like your mom and dad did, they got to clean the house, forgot they told you to go to your room, and like three hours later, you're like, oh, I forgot about you. Well, that just happened to me. I'm still in counseling, okay? Just, no, listen, God doesn't forget. Moses, when he's writing this, he doesn't mean that God forgot, like he's forgetful. God knows everything. He doesn't lose his memory. He's always in control. This means God brings to remembrance. And what does he bring to remembrance? He, re- he brings to remembrance his, his promises, his covenant promises. you got to go back to, to chapter 6, verse 18, right? Everything that is on the earth shall die. But, did you guys remember that scripture this week? It's just one word, our scripture, but. I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your sons' wives, with you. See, God's judgment was enacted, and it was brutal, but we cannot miss the grace and the mercy of our God. Yes, there was judgment, but there was salvation through Judgment, And that's our third thing that we have to walk out of here. Our third truth to walk out of here to know today is that God offered a way through his judgment. He dealt with corruption and violence of humanity. All while at the same time, simultaneously, he rescued humanity. And you can see it just by seeing what the waters did. The very water that crushed. The very water that drowned. It's the same water that lifted the ark and caused it to float. You can see God's grace that he brought people, in this case Noah and his family, through the judgment. So that begs the question, well, how'd it go then? Awesome, like problem solved. We're good to go, right? Violence and corruption, Gone. Nope. But wait, what? See, here's what happened. If you read the Bible and you read it as if it's a story of the good guys and the bad guys, and the good guys win and the bad guys lose, you will eventually find yourself with a problem if you read the Bible that way. See, the Bible isn't a story of good guys and bad guys. The Bible is a story about God, and everybody there besides God is a bad guy that needs God, including Noah. It's like, wait a minute, it said he was righteous, he was blameless, he was faithful. All of those true, but he still had a sin problem. See, notice what God didn't say. So, so, so he, Noah comes off, right? And, and, and God has this covenant. And in chapter 8, it says this And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Okay? So he's off. He made it through. And, and in verse 21, And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. He goes on to say, I'm not going to do this again. See, notice what God didn't say. Noah gets off of the ark. He doesn't say, that'll show them. They won't ever do that again. That corruption and violence. No, he made a covenant. Why? Because he knew. He knew. The intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. And this flood that just happened, it's all a shadow of what was really going to be needed to ultimately take care of the corruption and the violence. Because here's the reality. Noah was righteous. He was blameless. But he had a sin problem. And you can go on and read in verse 9 or chapter 9 right after this. This is chapter 8. Right after in chapter 9 Noah gets wasted and he's naked. Like that's a, that's a party night. Okay. And he screws up his family. This is the righteous Noah. Noah. Mhm. Because there's still a sin problem. And what we have to understand is that the flood, it is absolutely what God wanted. He had to do it. But God knew that it wasn't going to be the solution to the sin problem. It was just a shadow of the solution. And listen, if we got to get practical here, how do we know this? Because we all know that violence and corruption continue on the planet in 2023. Okay, listen, just shift in your seat for a minute because we're about to get really uncomfortable. Today, November 12th, on this planet, 25,000 people will die of starvation. And we have more than enough food on this planet. That should never happen. Why does that happen? Corruption. Like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Just hang on. Today, November 12th, 2023. The blood of 200,000 will cry out from the ground whose lives were taken from them by a parent. It's called abortion. And I'm just begging you, don't lack intellectual integrity here. There's not even a close second to a thing on our planet more violent than that. It's the most violent thing happening on the earth. And Listen, if you, like me, you saw, you saw the video of our fellow, even Americans, because that, that stat is on the planet, but our fellow Americans in the great state of Ohio, cheering and screaming and actually on their knees like this, pre- like, like, almost like the way we would do worship, except for what they were doing is they were praising and being grateful that, that, that they have all the freedom they could ever have uh, to continue to slaughter children. That's I mean, that's old and tired. All the churches talk about that. Listen, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't make us all so uncomfortable. This, This has nothing to do with politics. Just so you know. God will not let it go on forever. It's against his character. He's too good, and it continues nourished by the belief that God will not take up the sword. So we're going to keep passing laws. He's the divine judge his judgment came and we love you enough to teach this at this church do you hear me we love you enough to teach you this at this church his judgment came and his judgment is coming he actually will take up the sword here's what it's going to kind of look like from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. That's a, that's what God's word tells us. So so he is going to take up the sword. When's this going to happen? Well, well, I can't tell you when. I actually can't tell you how. I can tell you this: that and just as it as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the day of the Son of Man. They were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and then the flood came and destroyed them all. That's how it's going to happen. As it did in the days of Noah. Now, let's pause, okay? Let's pause. Because here's what I don't want you to conclude and I don't want you to hear, okay? God is not vengeful, He's not like sword drawn, ready to just strike you down right now. That That is not Him. And so this takes us to the third thing that we, the third truth that we must walk out of here knowing today, that is this, he offers a way through his judgment. He offered a way for Noah, and he offers a way through his judgment. Let's go to the story of Noah, because we see what happens when he made this covenant with Noah, and we see it in this, in the rainbow. We see, and we take, God sees and he, okay, Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, the legend, the goat, whatever you want to call him, I like him. So, so, when, so he taught something about, a, let, me, let me just read the passage. If you go uh, to chapter 9 and verse 11, and we'll read verse 11 through 14, okay? Chapter 9, verse 11 through 14, he says, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So God said it, it is so. And God said, in verse 12, this is the sign of the covenant that I I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. Verse 13, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds. I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Verse 16, When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of flesh on the earth. And what Spurgeon says is this word that is used here for bow is actually meant and used for a war bow or a battle bow. And this symbol shows that God has laid down his war bow and he will not aim it at man again because he knew that that wouldn't solve the sin problem. Salvation was not going to come from the arrow of God's wrath being pointed at mankind. And he goes on to say, Spurgeon goes on to say that if you will look at a rainbow and you look at it like a battle bow or a war bow, you are going to see that that bow is actually pointed backwards, like not to us, but but it's pointed backwards to God toward heaven. And it should remind us that God will cleanse man from evil, but only by taking the arrows of his wrath upon himself. Here in this narrative of Noah, we are face to face now with Jesus. You see, Noah was a picture of the redeemed and we talked about that last week but he is also a picture of the redeemer see like Noah but way better Jesus obeyed God and no one understood him people thought Jesus was crazy but he obeyed God anyway and through his obedience salvation came to you and me. You see, like the ark that Noah built, but way better, Jesus shields us from the storm of God's wrath and he lifts us above the waters of judgment. But listen, all the while, those same waters of judgment, right, that we are, like, we are lifted by those waters of judgment only because Jesus was crushed by them. Don't miss it. Unlike the Ark and Noah, there's actually no sin in Jesus. And that's really, really good news. Now, but like the Ark, but way better, we must enter in. See, God sees and he gives and he gave us himself he gave us a way through the judgment listen we love you so much have you entered in i know you're listen i know so many of you come to church every week it's not what i'm asking Please, I'm begging you to hear the question. Not have you come into church. Are you in Christ? It's there and only there where you will find safety. Can I just read to you some of the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. He's a new creation. The old is past, the new has come. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Another passage, New Testament passage says that when we follow Jesus, our lives are hidden in Christ. That's where safety is. You can enter. You can enter. But you have to hear this. One day, God will shut the door. If you're serving communion, I would like you to head back, prepare the table. Hill City Church, God is a divine judge. His judgment came and His judgment is coming. Hill City, God will not let this go on forever. And that's dark, but the beautiful, beautiful news is this, is that God is so gracious that He offers a way through His judgment. Okay, now hear me. All of us, are guilty of corruption and violence. All of us. Would you stand with me? So we do this here periodically, I've started doing it more often, and I know some of you are weirded out by it, it's okay. I'm gonna read another passage of some of the greatest news you'll ever hear in your life. And here's what I want you to do. I, I just want you to receive it. This is, this is a gift. Just if your hands are out and receive this scripture, I want you to hear the kind voice of the creator of the universe. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. But he's patient toward you up today he gave you another chance because he's a giver but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance God I pray that your spirit would move in this place and that you would lead us all to be people who are repenting God, there are those in the room and they have not by faith stepped onto the ark. They have not by faith put their trust in Christ. Would you cause that to happen in this place today? God, for those of us who are following Jesus, would you continue to remind us that in him we have salvation and in him we are safe May we run to him? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.